Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part one of my conversation with David Hubert, Associate Provost for Learning Advancement at Salt Lake Community College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. My guest today is David Hubert, Associate Provost for Learning Advancement at Salt Lake Community College. Welcome, David. Hi, Jeff. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well this morning. How are you? Good. We, we haven't seen each other in person um, since b- before COVID. Yeah. And pre- before that, I felt like that we would see each other a couple times a year just because of all the conferences that we frequently. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange world. I've been meeting people this fall that I haven't seen in several years, and they work, you know, in the same building that I'm in. <laughs> right, right. So, so David, um, there's, I feel like there's going to be a lot that we can talk about. There's a, there's a lot to cover because you have done so much. Um, I... I'm thinking a little bit about, um, first of all, for those who don't know David, um, David, when did, when did we meet? We probably met in the 2010, something like that. Um, yeah, probably about then. We probably met, I'm sure that we met at conferences, even like the certainly beginning of ABLE, right? The beginning of ABLE and also the grant that, uh, LaGuardia uh, Community LaGuardia College worked on. Oh, ah, yeah. okay. So I, I almost forgot about that. Oh my God, that's ancient history. Um, okay, so we are going into going at it like a little inside base. We're going to tell people what that means. So, able, which you are a board, you are a board member and treasurer. If I am right, at able, correct, yeah. Uh, can you tell us what able is? What it stands for? What's this acronym? A A E E B L Association <laughs> for Authentic, Experiential, and Evidence-Based Learning. It's a great organization. It's uh, been promoting um, that kind of learning, which we associate with electronic portfolios. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit broader than that, but uh, that's what drew me in. And I've been on the board for, I don't know, five or six years now. Yeah, it is indeed uh, a great organization. And, you know, I, I, I've loved going to, you know, the conferences, you know, that ABLE has held, you know, for the last decade and more. Yeah. And uh, and that's probably where we met a lot of and and then you had also mentioned that at the at um at the grant uh the that uh, LaGuardia Community College had sort of structured and it involved what was it like 30 schools something like 25 schools 25 or 6 schools it was the Connect to Learning grant Yeah. Right, they're both the two grants actually. Mm-hmm. And these were I think at least one of them was a FIPSI grant. And uh, yeah, we were obviously a, a sub a sub recipient of that and participated yeah. in that, and that's really where we, uh, you know, learned our lessons about ePortfolio and and just met lots of folks around the country that were working on ePortfolio and reflective pedagogy, and it was just super super for us in terms of our it learning was, curve. It was quite a I I felt like it was quite an amazing moment because there were all these people from all over the country who has had their own thoughts about portfolios. And you did not start there. You actually had done portfolio work before then, didn't you? 
uh, yeah, we had started before that, but, uh, you know, we were just feeling our way and it was so helpful for us to meet folks from other schools that were doing similar kinds of things, but in different ways. So they were learning from us, I think, and we were learning from them definitely. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, you know, that was such a great moment because it, it was, it was like, everyone's figuring out their own thing and then they got together and just shared and go, oh, wow, you're doing this too. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was an amazing moment. I'm, I'm really grateful to have been part of that process as well as we also benefited a great deal and learning so much from it. Yeah. And drew so much inspiration. Um, and of course, from that cohort, many in, of the institutions have become sort of renowned at their portfolio work, including Salt Lake Community College. Yeah. Um, and uh, now I remember that when you were doing that, you were not yet the associate provost for learning advancement. Am I right? Um, that's probably true. I've had kind of an interesting career arc. I've sort of been in and out of administration and faculty lines. Mm -hmm. And now I sort of have the best of both worlds because I do have an administrative position, but I teach regularly. In fact, I'll be starting next week with my first live class in, I don't know, four and a half years. Uh, so it's I'm like riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's exciting. And I, I, I could see that you have um, really struck a, a, a great balance having, you know, gone into this, you know, the, your, your provost, associate provost position that you've been able to, you know, just get so much done. And I, I've been amazed at the type of advancement that Salt Lake Community College has made, you know, over the last few years. Um, you know, one of the things that I've really tried to do with my position is practice what I preach, right? So I'm responsible for e-portfolios and I use e-portfolios both professionally and personally. I'm responsible for leading our high impact practices efforts and, um, I've been involved in study abroad, in learning communities, in service learning. And now this semester, um, I've designed my first writing intensive course, and I'm looking forward to, to offering that. And it just, it just helps with my credibility when I'm talking with faculty and promoting these kinds of practices. Uh, and it really helps me connect with colleagues around the country. Yeah. Well, certainly the authenticity and the sort of to me has always been talking to you. It's always been sort of like no BS. It's always very sort of <laughs> rooted with, look, these are, these are like common sense stuff. You always make it sound like it's common sense of this is what a student would like. This is how I think I can get through to them and let's do it. But it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love that. Um, I wanted to dig a little deeper because it feels like that I need to learn a little bit more about like, how David Hubert comes to be, you know, like who you are. Can you tell us a little bit about, I don't know, like you, like, is this some parts of growing up or some, some parts of your life that shapes you to these kind of, you know, the, the way that you, you know, your philosophy and the way that you do, do things? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I, I grew up in rural Western Colorado and I was pretty much a free range kid. Uh, it seems so strange today, but uh, I mean, you know, I was out of the house and uh, on my bike and roaming on the roads and in the <laughs> country all over the place with my friends. And uh, 
my mom literally, when I was younger, my mom literally used to ring a bell on the back porch and I could hear it. And then that was time for me to come home for dinner. And then I would come home, but I was just out all day. So I think that sense of, of exploration and independence, uh, I try to bring that to my work. Um, so for example, recently, uh, earlier this year, I became responsible for our prison education program mm. about which I know nothing but I'm set in the spring, the coming spring to teach uh, in the prison. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's just that sense of like, I don't know what this is, but I feel like if I'm going to be administratively responsible for it, I need to be intimately aware of all the ins and outs of what it's like to teach uh, incarcerated students. So I, I just, you know, it's mm -hmm. that sense of exploration and yeah. what's around the next corner kind of thing. But it's also a sense of, I mean, so first of all, free range, grass fed, organic, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's who you are. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you, but it's really that sense of, you know, wanting to roll up your sleeves and really understanding the, the, like empathically, what your students are doing and what what are they thinking about, how are they feeling. And trying to make that connection, and I yeah, think that that you know that's huge, right? Because it's uh it's not a given. Like we could, I think we can agree that it's not a given. Many professors, um, and I'm you know sorry to say that, especially in non-community college professors, like to go into the classroom and go, "This is how I do things. This is why you're here. You want to do things my way." You tend to have the complete opposite sort of. Um, uh, approach, don't you? Well, uh, one, I mean, one of the things I do anytime I do something new, uh, I that I'm asking students to do something new. So, for instance, this writing intensive course that I'm I'm going to start next week, um, I do all the things that I ask students to do, uh, and then I model it for them. So, uh, I'm asking them to engage in a certain writing process where they have to do some research. I'm going to be modeling the research that I'm doing on a similar project that they're going to be doing and then outlining their projects. I'm going to be showing them how I outline a writing project and then drafting and editing. So I'm showing them the kinds of editing feedback I got when I was writing my open educational resource textbook a couple of years ago. I've saved all of that editorial feedback that I got. So I'm sharing it with them to see so, so that they can see that what I'm asking them to do is sort of what someone does when they engage in a writing project and I'm willing to do it with them. So I, I don't know. I think that's important. Uh, and I'm really conscious of doing that, uh, especially the first time I asked students to do something that I haven't done before in class. Um, I don't know. It's just important because I, I think you're right. You've got, you've got to sort of understand it from the student's point of view. Yeah. It's one thing to to put it in your syllabus and to create the assignment and sort of put it out there for students. But until you've been on the receiving end of it, you can't really know what it's like and how much time it takes and how, how frustrating right, it right. is, maybe. And, and that <laughs> right. allows you to make some adaptations the next time around that, right. that you do that thing. Now, you talked a little bit about modeling. Um, and I, I think that it's... 
um, incredible. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a fantastic way to you know to get st- students engaged. Um, and and um, one thing that I have heard a lot about from the ePortfolio community, from you know from Able, and from you know many of our our colleagues and friends. Um, We've, which we focus a lot on is reflection. You know, people we talk a lot about reflection and 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 how vital and important it is for for students to to get a grasp at and, and learn how to do that. Um, how do you um, have you done some kind of modeling on how to do reflections with students and how do you do that? Can you give us a a quick sort of like a quick lesson here? Yeah. So. This is another example of of modeling, but a number of years ago when I led a study abroad trip to London uh, and we were relatively new in the e-portfolio process, uh, I was having students create a a portfolio specific to that experience. So we were there for three weeks and and, uh, using the city as our classroom and I was asking them to go to places and learn things and reflect on what they are learning. And I, I decided to do it myself. Uh, in that vein. And um, that was very helpful. And I still use those reflections with my students now. I share some of those reflections with them. And I've even sort of printed them up and annotated them. Say, here's what I'm doing here. I'm sort of setting context here. And look, in this paragraph, I'm, I'm challenging my own assumptions about what I was going to experience before I showed up at let's say the Imperial War Museum's Holocaust mm-hmm. uh, exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's certain key moves that you want students to do in reflection. It's not just about sort of e- emoting. It's about metacognition and, and thinking about your own thinking, challenging your own assumptions. And so it's good to be able to have examples in which you have done that yourself and you can point out to students. It's pretty easy because Students don't come out of high school with a lot of experience in reflection right. of the kind that we are hoping that they'll engage in in higher education. I think. Right. So I think the example you just gave is brilliant because I I, I think we've both seen a lot of reflections and the ones that don't quite work for me are always the ones that said I learned a lot and yeah. and and they basically take whatever you know, the, 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 the buzzword that your class is about and just basically add, I, I have now really known how to use this in my, in my life. I mean, they are the right things to say in, in many ways, but it really doesn't have any substance. And yeah. by you specifically saying, I went to this location, this site, I made an assumption about X and it turns out I was wrong. That completely changed the tone of what a reflection looks like. Then someone can look at that and say, oh, wait, I don't need to just say, um, because a different person could have actually just say the same thing, but in a very generalized way by saying, I've learned to not, um, I've learned to challenge my own assumptions. Yeah. Because you kept talking about it in class, right? And then you go, well, don't, you know, like, you know, like really try to experience it and, 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 and do this. And they, if they only said that, that's not enough. It has to be substantial, right? It has to be, oh, no, I went and 
And I assumed that people in Britain all does this. And it turns out that that's not the case at all. I was totally stereotyping this. As it turns out, it's very nuanced. I looked at it this way, this way, and that other way. And I really enjoy this part of the culture now. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, a so, really different kind of reflection. Yeah. So uh, when I talk about reflection with students, I use you know words like metacognition, but frankly, a lot of them don't really understand what you're saying. So <laughs> right. I talk to them more about when I'm reading your reflection, I want to see your mind working on mm. the page. I want to see you challenging your assumptions. I want to see you, I want to see the light bulb going off. I want to see the connections that you're, that you're making. So be patient with yourself as you write and be a little bit vulnerable because you're exposing sort of the inner workings of your thought processes. And uh, students just aren't used to that, but it, it takes some work in class and, and they, they need to be given lots of opportunities. And then they suddenly sort of feel free uh, to engage in the kind of metacognition that we're hoping yeah. for. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about something, something else as well. You have been really, at this point, considered a real pioneer on, on ePortfolio. I know that you're going to be very humble, and, and, <laughs> and, and, uh, but I wanted to point out that you know, you've been a keynote presenter. You have been, uh, you've been, you, you've held many, many workshops across, you know, at, at many of the most prestigious, you know, um, conferences and locations. And uh, you are, um, aside from being, you know, so involved and in, 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 in impactful at Able, you also have been um, uh, contributing a great deal at AAC and U. Yeah. What's AAC and U's new name? Because they changed it. I know. I just got it. I got used to the Association of American Colleges and Universities, and now it's the yeah, American, it's Association. American Association. Right. So I'll the have to get used to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, you've you've been a faculty member on many of the institutes. I think you've been in many of the summer institutes, and now most recently in e also the Institute of ePortfolio. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah. So. You are you are a well sought after person on on ePortfolios. Um, what what do you think? Um, you know what are some of those um, pieces of having run an ePortfolio program successfully at at a pretty good large scale um, at at Salt Lake Community College? Um, what are some of the highlights that that made you most most proud and, you know, what are some things that you feel like other people can, you know, that you felt like that you've done well and other people can learn from? Well, I think my contribution, especially at, you know, conferences and for AAC and U through their institutes is, is not sort of the theoretical and the academic. Um, I, there are folks that are associated with AAC and U that do a fabulous job at that and help, help folks situate their their e-portfolio initiatives or other kinds of high impact practices in the literature, in models, in best practices and things like that. But I don't think that's my forte. I think um, my expertise is is in the day-to-day -day, um, implementation of an e-portfolio initiative, for instance. So 
Um, my personal administrative portfolio has to do with things like e-portfolio, service learning, open educational resources, uh, assessment. And I have, you know, a fabulous group of people that I work with in my office, but I, you know, I keep it hands on and I, and I have, I have that history of, you know, 15 years now of working to cultivate, for instance, an e-portfolio initiative. And when I started, it was just me in an office uh, making tutorial videos and having students come line up at my door and say, hey, help me with my e-portfolio. And then I was able to get um, staff and budget. And so we have a pretty robust effort here. So I think where I help folks the most is on those those day-to-day tactical moves that that can help you build a high impact practice like ePortfolio. Um, the professional development that you need with faculty, how to integrate it in the curriculum and co-curricular activities, how to mm-hmm. um, how to anchor it in uh, processes like the curriculum process and faculty rank and tenure. Um, I, you know, I just have experience in all of those things. And it's just, um, how do I wanna say, it's it's been very rewarding but of course, it's always challenging as well. Um, there are ups and downs, but as long as the curve is generally up, I'm I'm happy. Well, it 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 does take someone who has that keen sense of exploration and taking on new challenges and new things, right? Because many people don't want to get into so many different areas. I mean, you, any of those things that you talked about—service learning, OER, portfolios promotion and tenure, et cetera, that could have been someone's entire career. And you just sort of took on all of them. <laughs> sort well, of, not, all, not all at once, Jeff. Yeah, but, well, I, you know, so one after the other, you just kind of did them, yeah. <laughs> they, they sort of gravitated. And now that's, I yeah. think, why I have uh, a lot of work. That's why I do a lot of work with AAC and you is that sort of the nexus of all the things that I work on is mm-hmm. exactly the sweet spot of, of liberal education and high impact practices that AAC and U is trying to promote. But um, one of the things that I really worked on, especially thinking about early on in ePortfolio, most of our faculty, when we said ePortfolio, really had a hard time imagining, getting their mind around what an ePortfolio mm-hmm. was. And there were some examples that we could show, and we really credit LaGuardia Community College because they were several years ahead of us. But one of the things that we did was we we simply created what we thought were model student portfolios. I mean, the, we simply made them up, but just to show show faculty, this is what a robust general education e-portfolio might look like uh, if we if we ventured down this path. And that that act of visualizing for people is, I think, one of the most important things that you can do. Say, if we make this change five years from now, this is what our students will be producing. Um, And then light bulbs go off and people say, oh, yeah, I think I can get behind that. Mm -hmm. Well, there is um, obviously a great deal of, you know, we shouldn't forget there's a great deal of leadership skills that goes into what you do to motivate your staff and motivate, you know, those around you. And, but like you said, it's, you know, it's, it comes from many different areas. It's you being authentic. It's you saying, Hey, I, I didn't, I'm not just asking you to do the hard work. I did the hard work also. 
So I know what hard work we're talking about. And it, it makes you, and, it, and, and I'm going in to teach. I'm not just telling you how you should teach without me first, you know, finding it out myself firsthand. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, um, that's, you know, that whole sort of mode of modeling and, you know, sort of, you know, being hands-on and, you know, exploring, I think it's really just amazing. And I, I can see why um, you're, you're so successful in this. This concludes part one of our conversation. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.